Welcome to Living in Harmony, a podcast for Christian parents who want to make the peace in their household without sacrificing their sanity. Here, we talk about everything from sibling rivalry to dating and how to raise your kids to be strong in their faith while maintaining your own. But don't worry, we're not all preachy here. That's the purpose of your church and your pastor. Here, we're here for you to help you know you are not alone in this crazy journey called parenthood. So whether you're a seasoned pro or a brand new parent, Living in Harmony, this is the podcast for you. So grab some coffee or wine, we won't judge, and join us as we navigate the ups and downs of raising kids in a Christian household where the gospel is the center. Well, hello and welcome to Harmony. If you're back again or if it's your first time, it is good to have you with us today. We're going to be diving in the deep end with some stuff. But before we get into all that, my name is Delmar. I'm Robert. And I'm April. Yes. And hello, if you're a parent, we're going to, we're going to drop a line that you might have heard as a kid, you might have used recently. It's gone through my head. If you haven't, you probably want to. Have y'all wanted to use this line before? Be honest. Yes. 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 Okay. Ready? You live under my house. It's my, my rules. rules. Yes. Um, don't you? Don't you just? Didn't you just love hearing that as a kid? You're like, man, everything makes sense now, mom and dad. I totally know why I got to go to bed <laughs> at eight thirty or nine every night. Uh, but but we do. I mean, this is an easy one. And 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 before we we jump into that, why do you think that's like a gut saying for a lot of us? Well, I mean, just ownership, right? You know, as a as a as a parent. Well, let's let's even take it uh, up a level of abstraction, right? As a person who owns things, right? I have a house. I don't want someone doing something inside it that that is damaging or a bother, right? Um, you know, I don't want someone coming into into you know into my place and and messing it up, right? Yeah, and ultimately, you know. It does. It's a level of respect. You're in my house. You're abiding by my things. You know, for a lot of us, it worked. You know, ultimately, what we're saying without saying is, if you want to please me, then you just live by the way I say live. Now, here's the thing. We know that that students, children need concrete barriers they because they got to have something to push up against so they can grow so they can develop so they can learn boundaries in a safe place before they get out into the world now all that to be said we want your children to respect you in your house we want because we believe what happens in the house is reflected out into the world but really what we want to dig down today is not how your kids can please you Right. We've talked about that a lot on the podcast, but what we're really getting into here today is how do we as a family please God? Right. How do we please God as a family? And this is tricky. Um, on the front end, it's real easy, man. If you were to throw me back to 1950 and say, family, please God, what, what are we getting at? Yeah, just the the traditions, the way that a lot of people were were raised, and that wasn't universal. And it's really easy for us to look back and and at that idealized version of the past, which didn't really exist yeah. in in the ideal, because people are sinful and always have been. But at the same time, there was sort of a baseline understanding of what of what good behavior was supposed to be that we more or less, you know, aspired to in public, even if it wasn't always in private. Absolutely. Because in the fifties, we lived in a very moral culture. Now we still do today. It's just shifting. Okay. We, but in the fifties, it was like, okay, if you're a Christian, you're going to church on Sunday morning. You're going to go to church on Sunday night to hear the part two leftovers. He couldn't tell you. 
And then if you're a super Christian, you're going to go Wednesday and then you're going to go and participate in the revival and you know, all these, and you better, you better only have a piano in that sanctuary. (laughs) Maybe an organ, maybe an organ, but anything beyond that electronically, you are in sin. And, and, and we had this picture of that's how pleases God. And isn't it weird how like in that, even in that picture, as we put it that way, we realize how misconstrued that is. Like that's what pleases God. And, and what we want to do is we want to root this entire conversation in Scripture because we have to have our foundation to move forward with this conversation. And we don't want to go in too harsh, but we also don't want to go in too light. So Hebrews chapter 11, verse 16, it says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. So foundationally, if we're going to be a, a, a family that pleases God, the, the cornerstone issue here isn't my Awana badges, right? The cornerstone issue here is where's my faith? Who's my faith in? What does my life show that my faith comes out of? And in 1950s culture, um, unfortunately, it seems like it would have been real easy to not rest our um, joy of pleasing God in our faith. Instead, we would have placed it in morality. Now, fast forward to today. Um, let's take the same conversation. If, if you want to please God today, um, what are some popular parenting um, traditions that are out there that may be less than that, but offer that? Does that make sense? Uh, in, in terms of, you know, Things that we do in our house that that culturally we think are are pleasing God. Yeah. I and mean, I think just having things that are, uh, you know, our children are well behaved. So if we go out to a restaurant, we're not gonna we're not gonna uh, you know they're gonna be throwing food or or being noisy. They're gonna sit there <laughs> quietly, you know, because because every parent aspires to that, right? We all want to be the the family where some stranger comes over and says, man, your children are so well behaved. Oh, but people did that when our kids were little. That that would that was actually a regular occurrence if we were out at a restaurant. People would come up and be like, your children are so well behaved. And it, I it mean, lasted for a while. Yeah. I mean, then they got older and it was the novelty wore off and nobody cared that they were, you know, 12 and could act nice but <laughs> and th- but then but so so on one hand it's easy to be like yeah that felt good and then you have the other parent who's in there whose kids are being horrible they're getting the bad looks and then they leave the restaurant does that mean they're worse parents they, they could have spent all day in prayer for their child lord we're going out tonight please please let this go well it doesn't go well does that mean that they're not pleasing to the lord and and ultimately where we're going to rest this and hopefully this is an encouragement um those things aren't what pleases the Lord. Yeah. And to be fair, that happened to us a, a few times too, where, you know, it was like, she says, you stay here and pay the bill. We're taking these kids to the car. Right. And, and so that, that did also happen. But that's because I was never going to be the parent that stayed in the, in the restaurant, <laughs> letting my child, you know, mm-hmm. scream and cry and ruin the ambiance for everybody. That's else. the right. second reason the bathroom was made <laughs> <laughs> for the spankings. <laughs> but, but, but ultimately, this, this is a trap we get into as a family. Mm-hmm. We believe that if my kids are well-behaved in public um, or if my family appears to be put together, whatever that looks like, that family pleases the Lord. 
Oh, I have another one if you yeah. want. If you want another one thrown in there, just um, so this is just showing, you know, where we've come from. What, you know, we moved to um, we moved to South Carolina um, about 13 years ago, and so um, our children were roughly around I don't know fifth, first, third, and fifth grade somewhere around there, and I know we found out very quickly that there's a culture here of you better say yes, ma'am. Mm. No, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. And that's how we know your child's respectful and a good child. And if they don't, well, then your child's a very disrespectful person. And our, you know, growing up not from here um, and not in that culture, our kids were very respectful and kind in how they interacted with adults. But they did not say yes, ma'am, or no, sir, because for us, that was not important. What was important wasn't the lip service. What was important was the heart attitude. Mm. And so um, not growing up in a culture like that, that was kind of meaningless to us um, to have thought that... It was a cultural to, imposition. Yeah. Mm. But the interesting yeah. thing is I moved here and had conversations with people from our church about that very thing. And I had uh, friends telling me who were from here, um, yeah, if your child is not saying those words to ma'am and sir... Um, I do consider that disrespectful. And I thought, okay, I literally see people um, saying those words and <laughs> their heart is totally not in the right place. Right. The rest of the sentence is and clearly not And then you, you not look at another child yes, whose ma'am. heart attitude is correct and don't say those magical words. And so that's another one of those examples. Now of, to throw it back at um, you, my yeah. grandparents lived in Wisconsin I would go up there and say, yes, ma'am. And she'd be like, don't talk to Matt and me, boy, because they <laughs> took that as sassy. They took it. And, and that's, that's what we're not here to say is that we shouldn't rear our kids to be respectful right. in the culture they're in. Actually, we've talked about that on a previous episode. Like Kids develop at different rates in how they learn and how they interact with the world. There are constructs we can build around them and places we can put them into where we have a controlled measure to see them grow. Um, we also know developmentally, it is important for your child to to have a baseline of kindness as a kid. We know that if a, if a two-year or three-year-old on the playground doesn't share their toys and they are greedy, other kids will avoid them. They will get left out. And as they grow up, that can create some developmental issues. We, we've talked about that. And what we don't want to do is... is to take that conversation and say, oh, well, that has to do with pleasing God. Today, we're taking the conversation saying, yes, we should be parenting our kids. But what does it mean to really please God? And and root foundation here, according to God's word, is it is is our faith. It's it's is it on display in our family? And and which brings us to the next the next hard wall. Okay, well, my my kids don't believe. Does our family not please God? Now, that's tough. So so what's a knee-jerk reaction that we as parents often do when we see our kids are not living the faith we brought them up? What what do we do? We try to make the rules, right? <laughs> we set that we set those we set those rules down and say, Well, if you were if 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 you were pleasing God, then you would do these things and you would not do these things. So by golly, while you're in my house, you're gonna do these things yeah. and not do we're these things. We're a Christian things, family. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, we're you know, a Christian family, we do these things. And let me tell you, that's just a great evangelism tool for your kids. Not really. Um I, I, I can it to um my kids are really big into Legos right now, and you get the Legos out the box. They get these weird complex Legos that 
were way more advanced than when I was young and it comes with a book. <laughs> and I was thinking like, if I just got the book out of the Lego box and gave my kids the book and said, go have fun kid. And all he had to go by was the pictures in that book. How long is it going to take? And no Legos. First of all, aside from with no Legos, how useful is that book to him? It's got interesting (laughs) pictures, maybe on the last page where everything's put together. But yeah, I mean, you don't even know what it's for, right? It's it's a whole bunch of pages of of nothing because you don't have the you don't have the purpose for it. It's trash. And actually, it would make my kid super angry if he (laughs) on Christmas morning on the couch, you know, we just laid out a bunch of Lego books. He comes out, I got you the whole book set. It's like this is. Wow. So you can see all the things that you can't make. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, and, and, and we use that illustration. And it is funny because, I mean, some of you right now, you know, if you gave your kid like a PlayStation 5 box. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yep. How's that going to go over? You got it. It's Surprise, got the manual. It's just the box. <laughs> it tells you how to play it. You know, no, it's it's frustrating because they don't have the tools necessary. And this this is very critical to this conversation because we know that faith is what enables us to please God. We know that the Holy Spirit working in us through our faith is how we grow to be more like Him. And and imputing Christian morality onto our children without having the blocks in place is just as frustrating. It's a book. Now, now that's not to downplay it. It's a, it's a holy book, and it has the power unto its own self through hearing it to render faith in us. Through, but, but whenever we just try to impute it, it's the same frustration. No wonder some kids, uh, I talked to some, somebody one time, I said, um, how'd you come to church? They're like, I'm a rope burn victim. Mm. Mm. You, yep. you may have heard that. You got the rope dragged around. They hate it because they didn't have the value. They didn't have the blocks. Now, if I gave my kid... The blocks and the book, happiest kid alive because he has the tools he needs to follow the instructions. Mm-hmm. And when we have the Bible uh, apart from the work of the Spirit, what we're saying is here's the instructions without the tools. Now, that's that's also not to disparage that because I'll tell you this, my kids, they still like those, you know the books that come in the mail around Christmas? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They still like to go through the books and look at the Legos even though they don't have them. That's why it is important to have it seen in front of you and that's part of the role we play. But what we got to realize is like, ultimately, I can't legislate faith if they don't have the blocks to build it upon. Mm-hmm. And that's tough. Um, and there again, what we're not saying is we shouldn't have Christian values in our house, because that really brings us to the thing, because what we're, what we're buttoning up against here is this. If, if our main goal as Christian families is to please the Lord and our kids don't have faith, but we do, then who's that responsibility ultimately falling on? Yeah, that's us. Me. Yeah, because I think it's it it is important for us to to understand that yeah we can't we can't legislate faith, but what we can do is set guardrails up to prevent our children from walking off in in weird directions. And I think one of the most damaging things that that parents sometimes do is to say, oh, I don't want to I don't want to impose my beliefs on <laughs> on my child, right? And for some reason, when when we say it in a Christian context, that's a that's a a benefit, but. You don't ever hear anybody say that about you know recycling or you know uh, 
exercise. Learning how to drive. Yeah, learning how to drive. I don't want to impose. Yeah, that's a good one. I don't want to impose my beliefs about, you know, safe driving or, you know, not smoking or, you know, some of these other things. I don't want to, I want to, I want them to, they've got to find out for themselves whether it's a good idea to go play in the street, you know, when they're five. And and we, we clearly understand that there are, that there are, are, rules that should be in place even before the child understands it in order to help them uh in order to help them to behave properly i heard uh vody bakum give a give an illustration this week and, and he was talking about you know if you if you take a bunch of of young children and you just you know let them out of a building to go play in in a playground he's like they'll, they'll tend to cluster by the door and they'll stay in a group but if you put a fence around that playground they will explore the entire uh, area inside that fence and they'll be right up next to the fence and they'll be very comfortable using the entire space because they understand that they're safe inside there they see the boundary and they can they can understand that and and, and that's a really good illustration of of all humans right we we know what we want to know what those rules are even if we we push up against the fence sometimes and we always do that but, but knowing what those rules are gives us a safety in there once we once we understand that it's there and it, it keeps the monsters out as well as keeping us in, right? It, it, it keeps us safe from the things that could hurt us. And that, I think, is as parents, what is our responsibility or a big part of it is to, to, to build those fences to keep our kids away from the street, you know, keep them, out of the, keep them from playing in traffic, but also keep traffic out of the yard, too. Mm-hmm. So that fence works both ways. Maybe. Yeah. Go ahead, April. Well, I, was, I was just going to say, you know, it is important to have those, those boundaries and those rules and making sure those are clearly communicated. But then there's also the the other part of that, which is um, always taking it back to Scripture and taking it back to a biblical worldview and taking it back to, you know, God's rules or, and, you know, God's, um, you know, perspective on things. And you always want to drive things back to um, why why do we have these rules and, um, and it's not just for rules sake, you know, and we tie things back to honoring God. We tie things back to how God wants us to live. And so it doesn't become just things like don't hit that other kid in, you know, the nursery, um, you know, at church on Sundays, it's not just because well, you just shouldn't hit someone, but why shouldn't you hit someone? What does God's word say about how we are to treat people, how we are to think of other people, how they're an image bearer and, and all these other things. And, um, there's that whole other side that I think that's where you kind of bring in talking about the faith and talking about, um, what we believe, you know, um, it's more than just a set of rules. And, and it's like you talk about this all the time, April, where, where as parents, it's important for us to be transparent to our children and recognize that just like they just like they push against the rules, we tend to do that, too, because we're sinful, fallen people. And in our in our own humanity, we tend to we tend to want to push against that. And so for us to recognize, OK, God has put these boundaries in place for me. I'm putting these boundaries in place for you because God needs to restrain my sinful nature just the way I have to, child, restrain your sinful nature. And so I am modeling Christ to them. I'm modeling God's behavior to them because of, of how he uh, treats me. And, and the humility that we have to have in recognizing that I think is is very important. And it's part of that teaching. And it's really, you know, the cart before the horse kind of thing in that, 
I want my kid to to live in such a way that adds value to the culture. But that's not why ultimately the rules are in my house. The rules are in my house is because I want them to, to reflect the goodness and the grace of, of God so they can know him, mm-hmm. so that they can ultimately please him. And and if, if you're in a house and one of your kids doesn't know the Lord or they both do or whatever, what we realize is when it comes to 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 pleasing the Lord as a family, that God does honor headship. We know this. And Adam and Eve in the garden, Eve, Adam, Eve ate first, Adam, who who responsible for that? It's Adam. Headship is a thing. So what, what we would offer, and you, you really just said this, is the way we please God, um, even, even in the midst of a, a family where everyone doesn't know God, we please him with the values that we do set before our kids. One, I can't. I can't legislate their faith, but I can say these are the values that we have because because they do answer. We do have to answer headship wise for how we're raising our kids. I think De- uh, you had Deuteronomy mm-hmm. six pulled up. This is this is the mandate from Scripture. Yeah. Um, so, if Robert, if you want to just give that a hit, hit that for us. Yeah, I mean, and and it says, uh, "Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to their children, to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You'll bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. That's like." All of life right there mm. that we're supposed to, you know, in everything that we do, we're supposed to come back to God's principles. So one of one of the helpful hacks, if you will, and we've talked about it before, but it's worth going to again is um, often allow behind the curtain, reveal and expose the worldview that compels the way your house is ran it, and also expose the worldview of the things that would seek to Absolutely. impede in on your house. Um, but, but often what's, what's often sweet is when you see something that is in our culture and it's so obvious that that truth is from the Lord. You could just pick it out and say, Hey, listen, this is actually borrowed from, from our worldview. I'll tell you no spoilers, but I went and saw Ninja Turtles today <laughs> in the theater. I'm telling you, <laughs> It's really good. Okay, I'm just going to leave it there as a huge Dude, You were going to say that anyway, to be no, fair. No, Michael but. Bay's were not good. <laughs> I will give the last animation wasn't... We don't need to get into that fandom. You will lose respect for me. But the, but the movie today was good. Of course, everything's got its give and take. But man, you get to this one part of the movie. And he, the turtles, they, they just want to be accepted. Which is every teenager's story. It's actually pretty... It's done by teenagers, so it's like, yes, every kid wants to be accepted. They finally get to a place where it looks like no one's ever going to accept them. Like the world's always going to hate them because they're different. And I'm sitting there going, oh, this is, this is hitting home. And then Leo turns around. This is fantastic. He goes, you know what, guys? Maybe it's not about whether the world ever likes us or not. It's about doing what's right, even if it hates us still. Mm. And I'm like, dude, that's solid from a turtle. Yeah. Bro, <laughs> Leo, you nailed it. And I'm like, oh, I'm totally taking my kids. There's a couple of times I'm going to cover their ears. But like, mm-hmm. I want them to hear that. Listen, hey, you know, that's what it's like to be a Christian because the scripture says that they, they kill Jesus. They're not going to love us. 
But what do we still do? The right thing. Yeah. We still do. And, and what's beautiful is the, the fact he uses the word right or what is good. It's like you're actually using a theological term here. This is great. And, and what, what you do, the reason I set that up is like, that's a real simple, like we just find, you find God in the world around you. And you bring it to the kids. You say, you love that? Let me tell you one of the things that's beautiful about it. He's the image of God right here. Because we're all created in his image, that morality is coded on us, you know? So whenever we're able to kind of levitate that up and expose it, that's a great way to to help them see, all right, when I'm home and next time my young middle hits the oldest, hey, what do we do? We do the right thing. Well, what's the right thing? Let's talk about that. Which, which brings us down to, you know, when we're in a house that would be mixed in regards to faith, those who wouldn't have it, those who do, some who've outright rejected it. It's important for us as parents to be cognizant of that. So cognizant because, um, and, and this is, this can be difficult, but it can also be telling. We, you need to determine where is your child in her faith? If, if, if your child's a Christian, then our role in that is very much that of discipleship. Um, but if, if, if your child's not a Christian yet, then our role in that would be evangelism. Um, because what happens when we punch a bunch of rules in people and tell them they're really good without them having faith? That always works out so well, doesn't right. it? <laughs> so, so that's kind of our, our, big, our big thing is like identify that. And I'm sure there was times in, in your own family where not all your kids maybe were adhering to the faith that they have now. And I'm sure you had to handle that differently. Yeah, I mean, there's always times when people don't, you know, when kids don't behave properly, even if they've, even if they've claimed it in their, broadly speaking, you know, growing, to to be able to to say, you know, in in this day, it's like you're not you're not um, abiding by the standards that you've claimed before, and that, like you said, that discipleship, is is part of it, and. You know, you can even go back beforehand. You can talk about these universal things about right and wrong and sharing, you know, even even before a child has has claimed a faith, because those are things that even a turtle can recognize. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, you eat pizza, you recognize right and wrong. So that's that's how they still eat pizza. Right. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I would not be happy if pizza was not in that movie. But yes, I mean, there is. But ultimately, it's it's whenever we're plucking out the worldview narratives, where are we driving that? With my kid who has faith, I'm driving that another way. My kid who doesn't, I'm driving that another way. I want them to, I want them to see Christ because what that does is it does, it, it helps the rules and the morality in our house make sense Mm -hmm. because God's word, even when it doesn't make sense, it makes sense. And, um, and I think about that, even we have rules in our house, our kids don't understand. Okay, and there may be stuff in Scripture that I don't understand, but you know what? I understand why it's there for my kids, mm-hmm. and God understands why it's there for us. And and ultimately, when we get back to it, it's uh, it's full circle. You know, we do want to say it's my house, my my rules, but we would offer just one one tweak to that in the air of pleasing God that maybe we should be considering. Hey, this is we're we're children of the Lord. Right. If we're believers, then this is God's house and we have God's rules and and we don't wield that in an angry, mean way to lord over them. Actually, when you say that, that should be comforting, because if God, if you're a house of the Lord and and his rules, then what's also present in the midst of that accountability? Grace. 
and repentance and love. Um, whereas so many times it's just rigorously doing the rules. Um, and if any of you ever been in a house and you've experienced grace, then you know that's one of the most beautiful feelings you can ever experience. Now, that does not mean you don't ever experience reality. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember my last spanking I got. I was picking on my brother. I was 15, <laughs> y'all. I was way too big, okay? I was like 14, 15. My dad turns around in a car and just slaps me. And then he looks at me. He goes, that is the last time I will ever hit you with my hand open. Ooh. I said, okay. I don't ever remember picking on my brother after that day. <laughs> ever. Don't ever remember it. Nope. So all that to say, um, we do hope that uh, that you are able to be in a house that pleases the Lord. And just know that it's it's not dependent upon the performance of faith in your kids. It's really more dependent upon our performance as people of faith in the lives of our kids. So that being said, my name's Delmar. I'm still Robert. And I'm April. And we will see you next time on Living in Harmony. All right, guys. Please the Lord.